Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Julius Bear's Moving Markets podcast. It's Thursday, the 25th of January, and my name is Helen Freer. I'll be catching up first of all this morning with my colleague Mike Rauber, who will update us on all the latest market news. And Carsten Menke is also on the show today, and I'll be talking to him about electric vehicles and if the theme is losing momentum. And we'll also talk about plastic recycling and the circular economy. But we will start with the latest market news. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Helen. So let's start in the US, where equities got off to a good start yesterday after the release of stronger than expected economic data and some positive earnings surprises. Can you tell us a bit more about this first, Mike? The Purchasing Managers Index rose to 50.3 in January. It was released uh, yesterday. So this indicated that US manufacturing activity actually moved into expansion mode at the start of this year. Now, as manufacturing has been one of the weak spots in the U.S. economy, the data release was welcomed by investors. And on the earnings front, robust subscriber growth at Netflix sends its shares up more than 10%. And once again, mega cap tech stocks led with Microsoft closing at an all-time high, just shy of a $3 trillion U.S. dollar market cap. And Meta platforms broke through the $1 trillion market cap for the first time since 2021. And since I'm on the topic of technology, Helen, just today we published a new Beyond Market podcast with the artist Refik Anadol, who speaks to Nikola Deskovronsky, our head of wealth management solutions, about creativity and technology. So just enter Beyond Markets podcast on your favorite podcast provider if you are not already subscribed to listen to it. Okay, thanks, Mike. Yep, I'm sure that will be an interesting conversation. Now, back to US stocks. I see that they ended the day just slightly in the green. The S&P 500 closed up 0.1%. So something happened to create some weakness in the market. Yeah, in the afternoon, that was uh, with most sectors actually falling on the day. Uh, Interest rate sensitive real estate and utilities led the way lower. Uh, This came after 30-year US Treasury yields climbed to their highest level this year as demand for new 61 billion five-year U.S. Treasury auction was uh, lower than expected. Uh, Investors also took note of comments uh, from former Treasury Secretary Rubin, who said the U.S. was in a terrible place in terms of its federal deficits and called for tax increases to address the worsening uh, fiscal situation. And staying with the US, today we'll see a rush of data with advanced Q4 GDP, weekly jobless claims and durable goods orders, right? Uh, Yes, absolutely. So the GDP figures will probably get all the attention and it is expected to show growth slowing to 2% and inflation staying around 2% on an annualized basis in the fourth quarter. But really the forward-looking data will be the one on durable goods orders, which is expected to come in in at a monthly advance of 0.2%. And you know, Helen, any sharp deviation could shape market action today as capital expenditure plans have an important prompt for the U.S. Central Bank. Now, let's turn to China. It's planned to stimulate its economy by cutting the reserve requirement ratio for banks, which should lead to more lending, was well received. The Hang Seng jumped nearly 4% yesterday. How's it looking today, Mike? Yeah, it's another day up. Uh, The Hang Seng, when I last looked, was up more than 2%. And as you know, Helen, this really comes on the back of the underperformance of Chinese equity markets in recent years. So investors are understandably cautious 
And our research points out just this morning that they see the rebound taking place over the last few days as part of the bottoming out process, but they also caution that a sustained rally depends on more effective fiscal policies. And the positive tone from China also helped European stocks to perform yesterday, right? I see major European equity indices were up between 1% and 2%. Absolutely. So Europe's economy is much more leveraged than the US to what happens in China. Uh, Helping yesterday were also earnings with ASML holding rising 9% after orders more than tripled for the semiconductor companies. And uh, software firm SAP gained 7% as it unveiled a restructuring plan and an increased focus on AI. Uh, And so it was really a good day on European bourses with the Eurostoxx 50 closing at its highest in 23 years in price terms, of course, including dividends, it is much higher. And the DAX where dividends are included closed at its highest ever. Uh, Chairman shares were also helped by a little better than expected manufacturing data. Okay, now we have a host of central banks with interest rate decisions today, uh, including Norway, South Africa, Turkey, and of course, the ECB. What are the expectations from the ECB today? So we had Dario Messi from uh, Fixed Income Research on this show yesterday to give an outlook. In a nutshell, even as growth is cooling and inflation is moving lower, the case for cutting rate is getting stronger. But we really expect the ECB to remain on the careful side when it comes to the timing of interest rate cuts. Expectations are really that the ECB wants to see more signs of inflationary pressures dropping. So today's focus will really be on how European equities and the euro will take such a communication. Okay, and apart from central banks then, what else can we expect during the day today? So I already mentioned the U.S. economic data releases. Tesla came out after the markets closed yesterday with a downbeat forecast. Its stock is indicated to open 4% lower. And the LVMH will report earnings, where the focus will be on whether the company is being impacted by a slowdown in luxury spending. And lastly, we also have Intel and Visa announcing their earnings today. But these are just two of a lot of companies reporting today. Excellent. Thanks very much, Mike, for the nice roundup this morning. Thank you, Helen. Now, Carsten, good morning, firstly. Thanks for joining us again this morning. Good morning, Helen. So we're going to talk today about two of our next generation investment themes, future mobility and the circular economy. Let's start with future mobility because we've heard some European automakers have been talking about a more difficult market environment with stagnating sales. But does this give us a clear picture, Carsten, of what's going on here? Um, No, not quite. Um, So yes, the European car companies are in a tough spot at the moment. However, this is less related to electric vehicle sales, which are still growing soundly, even though not as rapidly anymore in percentage terms as during previous years. But in absolute numbers, sales in Europe are still higher than in previous years. So what's bothering the European car companies? Well, the fact is that competition from newcomers has intensified a lot. Other companies, no matter if they are from the US or from China, seem to offer greater value for money, plus they seem to be ahead technologically. And speaking of China, this is where the dynamics are. The market share of plugins exceeded 40% in December last year. And one needs to remember that China is by far the biggest auto market and that more than every second EV sold globally leaves a showroom in China. Plus, China has also ramped up exports of cars last year, doubling the number of shipments 
and overtaking Japan as the world's largest car exporter. So long story short, uh, European car companies find themselves in a pretty particular position at the moment. But zooming out, we still believe that this decade is all about a swift shift to electric mobility as the offering grows, costs decrease, and technology constantly improves. Okay, but despite this, you've just downgraded your view on the future mobility investment theme to neutral. So what were your reasons for this? Well, broadly speaking, the auto industry seems to be in a more lasting down cycle at the moment. So first, uh, auto sales have expanded robustly globally, but further upside seems limited as both employment and consumer confidence have little room to improve further. Second, production sees overcapacities given the ongoing investments, and this pressures prices and margins. The price competition is particularly fierce in China, but Europe could see similar dynamics as automakers are forced into rebates to comply with fuel efficiency regulation. Third, we are observing softness across related segments of the value chain, such as battery metals, batteries themselves, and semiconductors. And fourth, valuations across the future mobility theme are somewhat depressed, and the reasons to see trends changing are sparse in our view. So, all in all, the industry finds itself in difficult-to-navigate waters with limited visibility, and this is why we reduced our rating on the theme to neutral. Okay, um, let's move on to our second topic now, the circular economy. Plastic packaging is on many regulators' agendas in terms of sustainability. And apart from banning plastic, they really want to push the recycling of plastics. What's your take on this, Carsten? Do you think this could actually be an alternative solution? Um, no, unfortunately not at the moment. So plastic recycling is much more a promise for the future than a solution for today. This is primarily because of economics. Virgin plastic is simply much more cheaper than recycled material, in particular following the recent steep fall in natural gas prices and the expansion of the petrochemical production in China and the United States. China, as an example, has expanded plastic production by 20% since 2020, resulting in a massive rise in exports of plastic products. Okay, um, doesn't sound too positive then overall. Um, more broadly on the circular economy though, what's our outlook there at the moment? Well, see, because of these economic challenges, uh, plastic recycling has never been a pillar of the theme uh, thus far. But if we stick to packaging materials for a moment, there is a shift to more sustainable solutions happening in the Western world. And this is driven by companies that are striving to meet their net zero targets and by increasingly conscious consumers. Europe is the clear leader uh, in that regard, as plastics are substituted with paper, cardboard, glass, and metal, depending on the purpose. And more broadly on the theme overall, uh, we see the circular economy as an appealing structural growth story with an improving cyclical backdrop. Lower energy prices are benefiting packaging producers more broadly, while the post-pandemic destocking cycle of the packaging industry seems to be close to its end. So we reiterate our constructive view on the circular economy investment theme, not least as valuations remain compelling on an absolute level and relative to the theme's history. Wonderful. Thank you very much, Carsten. Good to talk to you this morning. You're welcome. Thank you. So that is all for today. Thank you again to my guests this morning and thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's show and you haven't yet subscribed, then don't forget to do so. And please also leave us a review on whichever platform you like to listen on. 
And do join us again tomorrow when Lucia Chachulovic will be your host and she'll be speaking to more of our colleagues about what is moving markets, including Tim Gagey on currencies and Nenad Dinic, who will have an update on the earnings season. So do tune in for that. Have a great day, everyone, and bye for now. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. Please refer to www.juliasbear.com forward slash legal forward slash podcasts for further other important legal information. Für unsere deutschsprachigen Zuhörer. We would also like to make you aware of Marktanalysen und Gespräche, a monthly podcast in German, where Julius Baer experts discuss some of the latest market developments. We share our key research and insights on today's ever-changing economic landscape in German. Search for Marktanalysen und Gespräche on your favorite podcast player.